you ever stop to think how wild it is that the trees around you are older and wiser than you are? Like, what wisdom is held within the trees? Think of the secrets they must know, the history they must have seen. They're pillars in an ever-changing world. I recently read a book titled The Hidden Life of Trees by Peter Volenben, fueling my forever obsession with these rooted creatures. His book was truly eye-opening in the way that tree systems are actually much like family systems. They communicate, share resources, nurture one another, and yes, they even have enemies. The forest, in many ways, is the original social network. Some older trees have root systems closely connected to one another, sharing much of their lives, so much so that if one dies, the other soon follows. And it reminds me of some stories of elderly couples. When one passes and then the other passes shortly because of heartbreak. Trees, they even have parents. Mother trees tend to nurture their young, pouring sugar into the roots of their saplings, much like a nursing mother would care for her child. We have an old tree stump in our front yard that looks like it's been cut down quite some time ago. It's brittle, dried out, splintered wood down the middle. And yet if you peer closely, there's green growth on the outside edges. And this baffled me. How can something dead produce life? It sits near a nesting of trees, and after doing some reading, I suspect the surrounding trees were trying to keep it alive in some way. As Volenben says, much like elephants, some trees are reluctant to abandon their dead, especially when it's a big, old, revered matriarch. And just as moving, dying trees often send remaining nutrients to family or nearby neighbors in need. Nothing is wasted. All wisdom is shared. When I ask people where they most experience God, or maybe something bigger than themselves, honestly, they rarely say a church, a mosque, or a temple. They most often say, in nature. And I do too. It's healed me in so many ways. So much so, I'm convinced the trees are my friend. And of course you would feel something deeply sacred when you're at one with nature. It's much older than we are, our sacred ancestor. It's mysterious and magical, and it seems to possess within it the secrets of the universe that we're all so desperately clamoring to find, and it does it with such grace. Nature has been a witness to the ever-unfolding of humanity, and humanity has too often claimed ownership of nature, losing our sense of interconnectedness. But the trees aren't the only ones to witness creation unfolding. The very land you walk on has the essence of others who have gone on before you and will have the essence of others after you, as well as the essence of you. It reminds me of the Hebrew text in Genesis, you were made from dust and to dust you will return. 
I used to find this a bit morbid and nihilistic even, as if it meant that none of this matters. But the more I look into the life cycle of trees and see the many ways they mirror our humanity, it's as if everything is vapor that dissipates, but never fully disappears. And it reminds me that we're not alone in this living thread of life. We're one big sacred quantum entanglement with our ancestors. And we, like the wind, the trees, earth, animals, and sky, are all breathing the very same divine breath. Welcome to Bones and Stardust a podcast on what it means to be a human being fully alive. I'm your host, Angie Von Slaughter. Hello, my friend. I am honored to be spending time with you wherever you're at, however you're listening. Thank you for taking the time and joining me as I explore life's questions and the weirdness and vastness of being human. Today, I want to talk about our roots, our ancestors, a bit about the afterlife, how we're made up of a bunch of recycled matter, and how touching the past can enrich our present. So I'm kind of a sucker for ancestry and knowing where you came from, your roots and your heritage. And I recently created a family tree and dove headfirst into my ancestral lineage. And I began to discover things about my family that I never knew. And I actually wonder how often this happens. Like, you know, you hear a story about your um, nationality or your race, and then all of a sudden you discover that's not true. Or you start uncovering secrets that you kind of wish would have stayed buried with the dead. You know, like Mr. So-and-so actually had a few extra wives than he claimed and had a whole other family you didn't know about. These kinds of things start to surface when you dig a little bit deep. But again, that's not the point of this episode. That said, I discovered people rich with history and stories to tell. And I genuinely wish I could throw a dinner party for them with candlelight and wine and just sit and listen to them share their life's journeys. Like, what struggles did they face? What was the world like back then? And, you know, who did they fall in love with? What was their faith tradition like? These things would be so fascinating to hear. And their legacies now live on through fragmented stories and bits of research. And I discovered a long lineage of English royalty, American military leaders, and then some hardworking Italians with not much to their names. One for whom I was even named, my great-grandmother, Angela Maria. And I know it might sound strange to some, but if I close my eyes and I, I let that stillness take over, it's as if I could still hear her speaking to me through the blood coursing through my veins. I've had this really strange connection to my ancestors lately. And it's through experiences like this that I begin to have this overwhelming sensation that I'm not alone, that there's a great cloud of witnesses, if you will, behind me. And as I took a step back and examined my lineage, my ancestral tree, it honestly took my breath away to think about how it took all of them to make me. 
And the same is true for you. I mean, just how many others have gone on before you in your lineage? Just one slight change or deviation in the family tree, and you wouldn't be here. Talk about a wild divine interconnectedness. Now, on a past trip to San Diego, my wife and I decided to pick a direction and just drive, which isn't like us at all, uh, because she is quite the planner. But we decided to go ahead and just kind of throw caution to the wind and and drive and see where it took us. After passing arbors and tree-lined neighborhoods, we accidentally stumbled upon Fort Rosencrantz National Cemetery. Now, it was built in 1882. This federal military burial ground is spread out over 77 acres. And if you've never seen 77 acres, it's a lot. Rows and rows of perfectly carved, detailed white marble headstones, they were all lined up next to one another as if these soldiers were still standing at attention even until death. It was moving. And truthfully, I'm always a little fascinated, oddly, and creeped out by cemeteries. It's bizarre to know that six feet underground are the bodies of those who once lived, just like you and I, and just like our ancestors. And so just like the trees, what wisdom, stories, and secrets do they take with them? As we drove through the cemetery for what felt like an eternity, no pun intended, I just had to pull over and get a closer look. My wife and I got out of the car and began to slowly walk down each row, reading the names and dates aloud to each other. And there was something sacred and yet eerie about it. Some had wives and children buried with them. Generations of life lived, now sharing the same soil as the old ficus trees. You were made from dust, and to dust you will return. These words never felt more true in that moment. Ancient dust, the DNA of the universe. There's a Chinese proverb that says, to forget one's ancestors is to be a brook without a source, a tree without a root. In Western culture, we're too often divorced from our heritage. We may know bits and pieces about a great-grandparent or maybe about our ethnicity, but do we know the traditions and the perspectives of those that have gone on before us? On a practical level, if history isn't explored, not only are we bound to repeat it, we're bound to lack understanding of the present, because our past informs our present and our present informs our future. And many have left, I believe, a trail of breadcrumbs that that are in the form of wisdom for us to follow. And whether we realize it or not, we too are carving the way for those to come. We're putting down roots in the soil of our lives. And so what have we learned and what are we leaving behind? Connecting back to our family roots actually gives us a sense of purpose and a deeper identity. It's as if knowing more about them opens us up to a hidden world within ourselves. We're really tapping into an ancient energy that's been here all along. It's been said that you're the culmination of everything that has gone on before you. And even if you don't know much about your biological family, There's a lot we can embrace from knowing that others have gone on before us. Awareness of them can be a reminder to us when life gets hard, that they too have walked this journey and they too teach us the path of wisdom and resiliency. Nothing is wasted. 
Depending on your lineage, it can be easy to make historical figures out of people who were once flesh and blood, just like you and I. We read about them on pages lined with pen and ink, and we forget that not only does their legacy live on, so does their energy. Now, bear with me for a minute if you're someone that gets weirded out by words like energy. I too have found myself feeling that way before. As much as I'd like to say I'm a heart-forward person, honestly, I often get stuck in my head and in logic and reason. But with all that I've faced over the last few years of my life, and trust me, it's been a weird experience to say the least, soul-searching, near-death experiences, bizarre synchronicities, a global pandemic, which many of you are familiar with that one, the world just doesn't make rational sense anymore. So I've actually gotten quite comfortable with the transrational. Now, transrational is something beyond our human reasoning and understanding. And we might have these profound experiences that don't make any sense. And instead of embracing them and getting curious about them, we quickly label them as irrational or nonsensical or craziness. But these experiences that might not make much sense to our logical mind bring a resounding yes to our gut and intuition. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you're tapping into a different kind of wisdom. Transrational thinking doesn't throw rationality to the wind. It doesn't completely disengage your brain. But instead, it kind of moves past it and it says, I'm not going to try to force this this phenomena or this experience into a box that makes perfect sense. And instead, what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to let this experience simply be what it is and let it be felt and let it be heard and experienced to create room for wisdom to speak. So when we talk about an energy that lives on in our ancestors and yes, in the trees, in many ways, that's transrational. Maybe you don't have a scientific metric to prove it, but somehow your heart just knows it was your grandmother's presence you felt that day. Somehow you knew that your grandparent was with you that day. Or in the times you felt like you were being guided by some invisible force, as if some guide somewhere was looking out for you. Or that insight you received in a bizarre dream, or maybe reoccurring dreams that you just couldn't shake and you felt like it was a message from somewhere. It might not make much sense, and yet, what does it do for you? Is there wisdom there? Is there comfort there? Now, some of you live in this world a little bit too much and could use a little bit of grounding, and others of us might need to tap into it a bit more. But what happens when we're willing to take a mystical look at life and feel that you're not alone? that there's an energy current that's been here since the beginning of time and lives on in each and every one of us. And I, I don't want to get caught up in how we define or name that energy, but instead have an awareness of it and ask, how does this help me live? And am I tapped into it? Am I listening to it? Now, if you think that the idea of an energy or essence that's been passed down through the ages is thinking that's only reserved for those who balance chakras or recharge crystals, you'd be wrong. Many, many cultures celebrate this idea of a lineage that's been passed down, an energy that's been passed down. 
Even a simple science lesson teaches us about energy that's been passed down. But first, we have to understand matter. In short, it's another word for everything that exists. The air we breathe, the water we drink, the car you drive, your phone, your dog, your cat, your body, the stars, the sun, and moon. It's all matter. Now, I want you to imagine with me for a moment. Take a second and close your eyes. Unless you're driving, and then by all means, eyes on the road, kid, eyes on the road. But imagine this body of yours, which often can feel like a singular solid mass, is now filled to the brim with teeny tiny particles called atoms. And that the sum of you is actually made up of an average of seven octillion of these atoms. That's a lot of atoms. It's seven, and I think 27 zeros following. Imagine this because you are a collection of matter and energy all making you you. Now, for a second, you may be asking yourself, where did these atoms come from? Ah, now you're getting somewhere. There's a thing called the law of conservation of matter. Hold on, I'll try not to bore you. But simply put, it says that the amount of matter stays the same even when matter changes form. So in essence, matter never dies. It just changes from one form to another. Now, don't forget when we're talking about matter, we're talking about you and I. And those billions of atoms that we call matter, at times they may even seem to disappear. But this law tells us that matter can never be destroyed and that it never vanishes. It's as if everything is vapor that dissipates, but never fully disappears. So when we say that the energy of our ancestors lives on, it does. In the air we breathe, in the wind, in the trees, and in you. As I wrote this episode, I glanced at the mantle above my fireplace that holds a new and yet ancient tradition of remembering those that have passed on. Among picture frames and well-worn candles, There's an old black and white photo of my dearest Nana. And my family looks so much like her. In her, I see my roots. I often light a candle in her remembrance to embrace life with the same joy, tenacity, and wonder that she had. Next to her is my late mother-in-law, Paula, who gave me one of life's greatest gifts, my wife. And I often thank her and ask her to look out for her children. And sadly, our newest addition to the mantle. Gone too soon, my sweet dog, Peanut. She was a furry companion with the heart of a sage. We often joked that she was really an old woman and that she probably understood English because she could understand full sentences. I swear, she would understand it completely. But at the end of the day, she was my best friend. And I'd like to believe that her essence is still here, among the wind and the trees. So it's no wonder that we would feel deeply connected to something bigger than ourselves when we're in the great outdoors. This vast, mysterious land, it connects us all. No matter who you are, where you live, what you've done or who you love, we're all breathing 
the same divine breath, putting out our roots in the soil of life. Some questions I'd like to leave you with. In what ways can you honor those who have gone on before us? And what wisdom have you learned from them? What do you hope to leave behind? And so may you feel the wisdom held within the trees. May you find the secrets your ancestors already know. May you no longer feel alone walking on this planet made of earth and dust. May you remember what you've learned and cultivate what you're leaving behind. You were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Coming up on the next episode, I'll be in conversation with Jane Whitlock, nicknamed Death Doula Jane, where we will discuss what it's like to be a death doula and how the dying process can actually be life's richest final chapter. You won't want to miss it. It's a really good one. Now, if you've liked this episode, as always, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I've already seen some of the reviews coming in. I am so grateful for your feedback. It's through listeners like you that help this show be discovered by others. And as always, if you're interested, you could get the show notes and transcripts for all episodes at bonesandstardust.com. Until next time, my friends, thanks for listening. Stay safe and be well.